0: Welcome to We Hear Her. I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray, and I'm here today with another amazing woman who is sharing her story and insights into life lessons learned. Hi there, I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray with the We Hear Her podcast for women who succeed. I am so pleased today to have Tori Horton here. and. The fun thing about this is that she flew in just for this podcast, so it made me feel very special and appreciated that she would spend this time um, to give some thoughts and guidance for the young women who are mentees in Women Who Succeed. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her background, but we're going to dive into a conversation that I think will open it up even a little bit more. So as I mentioned, she flew in because she's a resident in Silicon Valley. She brings over 20 years of startup experience and has worked with over 10 early stage companies, which were funded by major venture capitalist firms. So a lot of fun entrepreneurialism that I'm kind of interested in hearing about that spirit for sure. Tori is the CEO of Reset Your Nest and worked at PayPal as a senior product manager prior to that. She was responsible for women's economic empowerment as a member of the global social innovation team. Tori's goal as CEO of Reset Your Nest is to revalue the care economy while supporting households with limited time to organize their spaces and making life easier. And wow, do I need that? As well as many of my friends I know need that. So we're so happy about your company and the success of your company. Congratulations. Thank
1: you, Erin. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Well, I'm so happy you are here. So tell us first a little bit about Reset Your Nest. I want to hear about
1: that. Absolutely. Reset Your Nest was started a couple of years ago by my lifelong friend, Jennifer Martin. Uh, She hit a point in her own life where she realized she needed more financial stability. She was a mother of four and she looked around and she said, you know, I am really good at home organizing and I am going to make this a service. And I'm going to offer my services to anyone else in the Salt Lake area. And she did this in January of 2020. Oh my goodness. March of 2020, I called her up and said, you know, you might want to put this on hold for a little bit and she said, it's too late. I've already launched and started. I'm just going to see how it goes. And unbeknownst to me, I thought nobody would want anyone in their home during the middle of COVID. And the absolute opposite was true. People were calling off the hook like, Jen, please come save us from ourselves. We are in our home all day long. We are drowning in our stuff. This office was never set up to be a space where we live and work. Please come in and help us get organized. So she went profitable right off the bat. Oh, my gosh. And then she had people from across the country who started calling and saying, hey, I've seen you be successful, and I want to be successful as well. I want to do this. I think home organizing is my passion and my purpose, and I want to help other families get organized. And that was where Jen and I had a conversation. She said, can can we work together? And we recognized that we both were aligned around the same idea of thinking about women's economic empowerment and she was doing it through a lens of home organizing but I was working at PayPal doing the same thing thinking about how do we help support more women have access to more money and make more choices about their financial future and so I joined as the CEO and Reset Your Nest is right now doing a professional home organizing we go in and we do closets we do pantries everyone wants help with their garage uh, but we also do relocations oh. mm-hmm. and even more to the point, we have a social mission that really drives how we think about our company. So I think it sets us apart because we're focused on economic empowerment for our workers and supporting families as a mission that we, every decision we make comes through that lens is, is this going to help our workers and is this going to support the families that are trying to balance all the things that happen in a household?
0: Do you think that, you know, for a company, everyone says, oh, well, we want to be mission driven, but mission Creep comes in, or distractions, and those core values that you just spoke of. um, How do you, and how do you keep your teams focused on that at all times, of staying tight to that, to that, that purpose?
1: I love this question, and I think it's when you make it your deciding factor around any decision that you make. And I've got a really fun story to tell you. Yeah. We were looking at expansion this year, and we had two different directions that we were deeply exploring. One was, you know, do we want to franchise this? And, you know, the idea of franchising it is that independent um, agents all over the country could own their own version of it, and they could be the business owners um, and make the decisions for the business. And so we were excited because it fit into our vision of economically empowering women. Or the other model is we could go region by region and think about growth and expansion as an as umbrella company that has lots of different regions. And when we spoke with our legal team, they said, well, you know, most people choose to go the franchise route. Let's walk down that franchise path. So I had finished all of our documentation. We had written it out. We had our bylaws. We were ready to go. And I said, okay, now's the moment where we match it with our purpose and mission, and we make sure that everything aligns. And I took a step away, took a final read of all the documents, and went, "Oh, this isn't going to let us set the minimum wage, the minimum rate wage for our right. workers, and that's the thing that we care most about." went back and said, "We need to change it so that we can set wages, and you can do almost anything as a franchise. That's the golden ca- like that's the the sacred cow that you cannot touch." And they said, "You can't do that." Um, it actually rolled all the way back up to the senior legal advisor, and he said, "You know, I actually have to apologize to you guys because when you said that you were putting um, women's economic empowerment first, I I heard you, but most people, when push comes to shove, take the financially more advantageous decision. And so I just thought that you would want to go the franchise route like everybody else. Now I believe you Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry. We're going to go back. We're going to redo the contracts. We're going to go regional with you. And we're going to give you that money back as well oh i was just going to ask that <laughs> yeah like, they really did yeah oh, they did wow but you know it's those moments when it's the lip service is easy it's when the rubber meets the road yeah. and and in those moments it's so awesome to have some guiding principles to gut check every decision and say is this the right decision for us and if it's not the right thing for our organizers and if it's not the right thing for our family and if it doesn't align it's a really simple decision from there so that's why i think it's so powerful to have a mission Uh, But I also think it brings purpose to the work that we do every day. Waking up with purpose is powerful.
0: Right, right. Do you think that, so obviously you know that we mentor as year in Women Who Succeed, and we really pay attention, especially to juniors and seniors in high school, and moving into those college years, our young college women too. Talk a little bit about your, uh, where did this come from, this desire and need to want to have the messaging about young women, be prepared, be financially yeah. independent, be you know ready to go economically. Where does that come from and what are your thoughts on that for young women?
1: You know, the biggest reason why I'm such a fan of women who succeed is because I once was one of those juniors and senior girls growing up here in the state of Utah. Um, I grew up in the holiday area and I remember looking around and thinking, I don't know if I wanna be a homemaker all the time, but I don't know what else I would do. Maybe I'd be a really great PTA president. And like that was, that was really where my worldview stopped at that point in my life. Uh, I went to BYU, then I went down to, and got a master's degree from USC. And even as I'm getting my master's degree, I didn't yet believe that I would have a career and I wasn't investing in myself mm-hmm. as, as somebody who was building a career I was doing school because I thought it was fun um, with the intent that like I was always gonna be a stay at home mom. And I wish that somebody had started talking much earlier about the benefits of being both. That it doesn't have to be a choice. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You can be a great mom. You can be a great homemaker. You can choose not to have kids. You can choose to have a career. There are so many options and it's not not limited by pick one. Be the things that excite you you know and um and so that's why i got involved with uh women who succeed and it's why i'm so excited to be a mentor is to have the opportunity to talk to new and upcoming younger students about what's so great about having a career in addition to what other life choices you make for yourself
0: i love how you're speaking to this um the multiple options i mean everything that we have nowadays we choose a variety of restaurants we can go to We choose a variety of social media channels we want to be on. I mean, there's just such a freedom of choice. I think that at different times, when I look back, I was a CEO and um, a mom and balances and phases of life and in and out of different phases. Can you speak a little bit about your thoughts or experiences of that as well?
1: Yeah. You know, the thing that has been really lucky for me is I've always had jobs that have, uh, let me do a little bit of both so I ended up going into technology Mm -hmm. um, and I sort of like walked into that through a back-end door Um, I thought I was interested in international relations and I had a professor who was like you know the most exciting international relations is happening on video games where people from all over the world are coming together and playing Mm -hmm. you should do video games (laughs) like okay (laughs) let me try video games (laughs) and I got into technology that way Oh, I didn't um, know that. Which is, you know, not, not a typical way to no. start, um, but I did. I absolutely fell in love with what happens in video games and the ways that you're building communities and, and having those exchanges. Um, with that, though, came the opportunity to work on my own terms and to work with bosses who were always really, really supportive. And so I call it the second shift when you go to work for the first shift, and then the second shift that happens, and that's usually between the hours of 3 and 11 p.m. And it's it's often called the second shift, but there's been a, a real recognition, I think, especially during the pandemic, that a lot of women who choose careers are doing careers as their first shift and they're going home and doing a second shift with their families. And so how do you balance that and how do we create more society norms and services and make it easier to do both? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the thing that I think has given me purpose in, in the second chapter of my Career where I get to think about what's the thing that matters most to me, helping more women show up for that second shift um, and do it well without having to sacrifice the first one. Mm-hmm. And there's some real benefits. So things that I th- wish every kid knew um, when thinking about having whether or not they wanted to add a career to the mix. The first one is that having a career gives you more stability and choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it can be as simple as you sleep a little bit better at night because you know that if something happened you could take care of yourself, and that feels really good. And the choices that come with being able to be intentional about the relationships that you're in and the commitments that you're making because they're on your terms is power. That stability of having a, of your own career also gives you economic freedom to actually, like, put your money where your purpose is and mm-hmm. put your money where your values are. Invest in the things that you're excited about. The second thing that I think I wish more people knew by having a career is it gives you a resiliency because you have a little bit more complex identity. Um, and what I mean by that is you get to go to work and have your identity at work and you get to come home and have your identity at home. And if you're really lucky, everything goes well in all situations all the time and you just feel great about yourself (laughs) some days it doesn't (laughs) and it can be at home and it can be at work but when you have that perspective it's called a complex identity that you have who you are in multiple situations it gives you real resiliency to say it might be bad but it's bad in this particular moment for this particular period of time it doesn't become personal permanent and pervasive define you. in a way it that doesn't just define
0: you, you. yes and have a big win when you're reading with your little one at night as they're going to sleep and there's this moment of uh jubilation of being and then you could also be reflecting on that meeting didn't go so well at work today yes. you know but yes. it doesn't define me as a person it's one aspect and i i love that that complex piece
1: yeah and there's a resiliency too that comes from working with Professionals in a in a setting where they actually say things like thank you job well done right right <laughs> you know? right. like doesn't matter how many dishes that you that do maybe right. they don't really say oh thank you so much you really put those dishes away really well tonight mom you no, know but we say that to our kids as positive reinforcement <laughs> you have to you did a great job
0: loading the dishwasher
1: <laughs> yeah hope you out do that again, again tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah. And the last thing that I think I really appreciated about a career is that it allows me to be really intentional in the decisions that I'm making and it allows me to prioritize the things that matter most. When you're working as a professional and when you're working as a, as a mom and as a homemaker, you can't do it all. You just can't. There are things that you have to start prioritizing what matters most to me. So for me, I recognized that part of going to work meant that I was gonna be a better mom because I was able to really give quality time to my kids when I was with them. But I also knew that I wasn't, it wasn't the only thing I was gonna do at the end of the day. Yeah. So um, I prioritized though and decided I wanted to be around for dinner. Family dinner is super mm-hmm. important to me. And I wanted to be available for tuck-in. You know, and I still have a 14 year old teenager who lets me like cuddle in oh. and tuck him in at night. And I don't know how much longer it's gonna last, but it's one of my favorite things. Um, and it, it really mattered to me. And then I had to ask what are the things that, that I don't need to do? What are the things that I can let go of? Um, and I realized making the meals had me showing up really frazzled to sit down for the meal. It was, you know, I'd get off of work, I'd come home. What are we having? How are we putting it all together? By the time we actually sit down, I was not a pleasant mom. I was yeah. sort of, there was just too much going on. Um, and so I looked for ways to outsource it. Um, And I've tried a hundred different things. We've done, you know, like the meal kits, like Blue Apron. At some points, I've I've had a friend who was like, I love cooking. I'll just make double of what we're making. I'll bring it over to you on Sunday. You can pay me. It's a win for everybody. So we've done that. I've had a nanny who also does meal prep. Mm -hmm. Um, But I learned that if I could just say I'd like to eat something healthy and then not care. I could get that task done without having to do it all. And giving up the idea that I had to be a superhuman um, and really prioritizing about the things that matter is something that I think having a career helps you do. And it helps you do it in your work. It helps you do it at your home life as well um, to really start with what matters most and then prioritize and make all the other decisions. Um, And I wish that somebody had told me the benefits earlier on.
0: I totally agree. And I think as I've been coaching and mentoring some of my young staff, about perfectionism. What you're speaking to just really resonates with me because I've been trying to coach them that it does not need to be perfect. We wanna do very good work. We wanna do great work. We don't wanna do perfect work. We don't wanna do perfect work because it slows us down. It puts unrealistic expectations on us. And to what you just described, that really drives that home even more for me that it is impossible to have the expectation that as women, we can be perfect mothers, perfect sisters, perfect daughters, perfect wives, and perfect CEOs. But we can, with a good heart, do our best intent and do identify those high level quality times that you just talked about, the, the deliberate nature of our purpose in those different roles and focus on that.
1: Yeah, Erin, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And, and, and I think part of the, you know, what are the challenges of trying to do everything, getting rid of the perfectionism yeah. is a huge part of it. But it seats in this like judgment space. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think that we did this, like, I don't know, I think collectively, we made a Cinderella bargain sometime in the 70s or 80s, where uh, society said to us, if, if you want to go back to work, women. Mm-hmm. you can, but you still need to be a good woman. And you can be a good woman if, yeah. and this is the Cinderella bargain, if your kids are you know, well kept, if they're getting good grades in school, if you're still volunteering in the classrooms, if you are you know, showing up for your community, if you can keep your house clean, if you can still plan you know, your family's events and activities, if you can get birthday gifts for all the birthdays that are coming up, if you can do all these other things, then you can go back to work. And if you can do it all, you can be a good woman. And we had women who were so ready to have this complex identity that they were like, yep, I will just do it. And I look at the women who led in this, you know, women returning to work, and they are superhuman. They are amazing. And we owe so much to them as the second generation Mm -hmm. of women who are Mm -hmm. coming along. But there's also a real conversation that, like, we're not all superhumans, and some of us can't wake up at 3am and go to bed at 11pm and do it day in and day out. And so we need to be able to say enough. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can't do. And it's not all going to be perfect, but it's good enough. And as a society, we need to get rid of some of this judgment and be okay with like hiring help Mm -hmm. or like not showing up perfectly to everything. Um, and I think that that's on us to give each other a little bit more of a break and on us to be less judgmental. Like, who cares how you got your meal made? If you sat down and you were happy with it, right. that's all that matters. I love that piece of, I think,
0: the women giving each other a break. Cut cut ourselves some slack, first of all. We already are hard enough on ourselves. When we don't... Vol- I knew I was the mom that was not volunteering. I knew I was the one showing up with the store-bought cupcakes. I knew I would, you know, I would do it the best I can. Yeah, But... Um, to support and lift one another as women and i hope the younger women that are juniors and seniors in high school and and college um that that generation even more so amplifies the lifting of one another instead of competing and tearing one another down yes
1: yes and i've been so happy to see some of these mommy wars of Mm -hmm. old like they're bygone right like let's Mm -hmm. be honest let's be honest (laughs) everyone who's waking up and has kids or even just you know like You're waking up, you put your feet on the ground, you work really hard all day until you go to bed at night. So let's stop having competitions about who's working harder. Everybody's working hard. It's are you doing the things that you want to be doing with your time? And if we have real conversations about if you are fantastic, let's celebrate it. And if you're not, what do you want to change? Yes. Well, I want to we have just a couple of minutes left, um, but everything
0: you're saying, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours and hours on this topic. I love your perspective. I like really appreciated how you framed it um, with the shifts and I really appreciated that we don't have to choose. We also don't have to do it all to the nth degree. There is the this middle ground of deliberateness and purposefulness and picking and choosing our priority areas. Are there any final words of advice that you would like to either give women my age or even to young women that are moving into those next phases?
1: I don't know if I've got any final words of advice, but I I will share one of the things that has been really centering for me, and uh, and we've now adopted it at Reset Your Nest, is that not only are we focusing on living our mission of empowering women and supporting families, we talk a lot about how we're trying to do it. And the way that we're trying to get there is by being kind and effective. And it's intentionally chosen kind and effective because it matters how you make people feel. It doesn't matter what your intent is, it matters how you leave the room, right? And it matters, did you see people, did you hear them, did you make them feel like you understood them? You can do that when you go into somebody's home, you can do that just when you're passing somebody on the street. And then were you effective? Did you have the intent that you set out to have? But the other thing I really like about it is as women, it lets us release the need to be liked. Because you can't control that.
0: Right. Right. I hope I learned that lesson by the time I'm 90. <laughs> well, I haven't had an opportunity to spend this much time chatting with you prior to today. I'm so impressed with your, your clarity your clarity on yourself and your life. I just really enjoyed this chat. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. It is an absolute honor and privilege to be a mentor. I'm so happy that I have this uh, chance to work with two girls this year, Um, but I also uh, have found it really purposeful. And if there's anyone else out there who's thinking about being a mentor, I would just like jump on and say, um, I absolutely recommend it. It's been something that I've really enjoyed and it's easy enough to do. It's an hour a month. Right.
0: Well, there you have it. Join Women Who Succeed. We had a spokesperson. (laughs) I didn't even know it, but I appreciate everyone listening today to the We Hear Her podcast for Women Who Succeed, and we look forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you for taking the time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more about Women Who Succeed at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.